Welcome to Southern Man, Western Town. I am your host, Jeff Lawrence. Musicians, singers, guitarists, bass players, drummers, trumpet players, saxophone players. You will hear interviews from uh, pro wrestlers, comedians, actors, writers. Tune in every week and uh, discover new independent artists and entertainers that you may have never heard of before and some that you've definitely heard of before will be coming to you each week. Southern Man, Western Town, your host, Jeff Lawrence. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm. 
everybody. Welcome to Southern Man Western Town. Is this episode 53, 54? I don't know. I'm going to say 53. <clears throat> I could be wrong. Let me clear my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. That was not the Rona. That was not the Rona. Welcome to Southern Man Western Town. I am Jeff Lawrence, your hostess without the mostess. Don't know what that means, but uh, thank you for everybody for tuning in. Hola, amigos, bonjour. Um, gotta thank everybody out in uh, America for listening. That listens, everybody out in Ireland, Australia. Those are my top three countries that listen to the show. Got some Canadians out there listening. Philippines, Russia, West Germany. I always say West Germany. Why am I saying that? It's just Germany. I, I, uh, I never got out of the 90s or 80s. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I got another great show for you today. Really good one today. Because on the show today is Nick Johnson. If you haven't heard the music of Nick Johnson, well, first of all, you're about to hear it on the show. Second of all, go listen to it. Now, there's probably other Nick Johnsons out there. But... Nick Johnson, this Nick Johnson has red hair and a giant red beard. So, I don't think you can miss it. Remember the, remember the Christmas show, A Year Without a Santa Claus? Um, which this might be that year. Anyway, when Chris Kringle starts getting a little older and he grows the big red beard, there's Nick Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, but you know it's true. I saw you last year, you posted that on your uh, Facebook page. So you already uh, you're already down with it. Or were you the or were you the guy, the uh minor guy, the silver and gold guy? Hell I don't remember. <clears throat> anyway, Nick's one of the I'd say in my opinion, from all the guitarists I've heard, Nick has to be in the top three in Utah, it's probably the whole Mountain West. When you speak Utah, you know, you got to look into Idaho, Wyoming, Montana and stuff. A lot of people are unknown, a lot of unknown guitarists out there that are probably just tearing it up. <clears throat> but uh, as far as Utah goes, I'm putting Terrence Hansen, who's been on the show, and Nick Johnson up at the top. Very, very top. Nick plays a style where it's kind of percussive, I'd say. He does a lot of different tunings. Um... Plays it's it's basically a two-handed, um, I won't say two-handed tapping because it's not like you know Eddie Van Halen stuff. <clears throat> and uh, sorry, I had to clear my throat again. Again, not the Rona, but uh, and and his his playing's not like Terrence Hansen's really, where he's playing like a, you know, almost like a piano type style. It's a uh, he's kind of hammering on different chords and playing the melodies with his right hand. It's a with a per, with a percussive kind of thing going on in the background, it's hard to uh, explain what he does. It's it's not a he didn't invent the style, but I think he's probably the best one doing it out there today that I've heard. Um, he cites Michael Hedges. That's where he, uh, maybe he first heard it. I didn't. Uh, I'm not a. I know who Michael Hedges is, of course, and listened to a little bit of it back in the '80s, early '90s, but. I uh, wasn't really big into that, um, but definitely, uh, definitely uh, impressive. If you can watch Nick Johnson do this style on, like, on YouTube and stuff, that's 
that's going to be better because sometimes when you listen to stuff like his and Terrence Hansen and stuff, if you don't know what they're doing and, you, and you've never seen it, you'll uh, think there's two guitar players playing, but there's not. It's just just one. But uh, you'll hear a few of the songs on the show today that I'm going to put on here. Um, but definitely go to YouTube and check him out. Um, <clears throat> definitely check out the Spotify and the iTunes and all that, wherever you listen to music at. I'm usually a Spotify guy, but um, it's all over the place. Um, I first learned of Nick. I was working as I was as a security guard at the Eccles Theater in uh, right downtown Salt Lake City. And I was one of the guys where we put on like black uh, suit type things and we just kind of stand one of, one of us on each stage, uh, each side of the stage. So one on stage left, one on stage right. And that basically we're there to make sure nobody runs up on stage, which rarely, <clears throat> rarely ever occurs. Um, I did a lot more in the 90s and, and stuff, but uh, it doesn't happen a whole lot anymore, especially at this show, because he was playing with a group called Gentry. Um, I believe that's what it's called. And they're... Uh, it's either three or four guys. I think it may be three guys. And uh, they they do like acapella-type vocals. Um, and then they have Nick come out and accompany them. Um, this was a Christmas show I was doing, and I heard it. I was like, man, that guy's fucking good. And then I found out his name, looked him up, realized he was, uh, and figured out he's right here in uh, Utah. He's down in, like, the southern end of Utah, Orem, Provo area. Um, but he he was touring all over the world. He was kind of gaining some momentum, getting some uh, great shows lined up before the the virus kind of forced him back home. And I just like the rest of us. You know, it's same old story these days. Um, but he'll be back out there once it's all all done. He uh, he's still doing shows. Or there's few and far between right now. Um, but he definitely he still does them. Won a lot of contests. Uh, he tells a story about winning the flat picking contest in Wyoming when had not even really been familiar that much with the style. That's crazy. But he's a very, very talented guy. Like I said, besides him and Terrence Hansen are probably the most uh, talented guitarists I've had on the show, and they're both here in Utah. So definitely check out Nick Johnson. It's usually like Nick Johnson Red Shred, like red, like in red hair. And shred like shredding the guitar, so that's how you can easily find him. I think his logo is like a skeleton kind of Grateful Dead looking kind of face with a with the red hair and the red beard, something like that. I think Guns and Roses has a logo like that too, where they're all skulls, so you can find him that way. But <clears throat> what else is going on in the world? Um, let's see, just and I, I recorded, I originally recorded this interview on August 16th so he actually did a gig that night but I didn't really you know there's no reason to talk about it now because today that I now that I'm finishing up this interview it is August 30th so hopefully fall will get here soon because I'm sick of this hundred degree bullshit um it's hot this summer it's always hot in Utah in the summer but kind of broke like two rec two weeks of records this week um, or last week starting to calm down a little bit this week that's good um, 
As far as the uh, the virus keeps going up, I don't think it's going up as rapidly as it has been. And then uh, got some calls to do security at the RSL soccer games, Salt Lake Real. But I'm glad I turned it down because as soon as I uh, as soon as they, they I think they did one game and then uh, then they now that during all the protests. They're like shutting down again, so I'm not sure what's going on, but protesting all the uh, racial violence and stuff. Um, I won't say racial violence, racial injustice. A lot of it is violent, but right now the protests are out, out, out of control in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Portland, Oregon, a couple of other places. Um, I don't understand... Uh, I mean, I understand why it's happening, but I don't think it's really doing any good. The only way to change this shit is to is through politics. I mean, it's just the way it is. You got to get people in office that give a shit, and then they're gonna present bills to the Congress that are gonna change stuff. Uh, going down and burning down, uh, you know, if you're say if you're black, you're prote protesting against the police, and you go down and burn down another black person's business. I don't see where that's going to help you any. I mean, it's not going to... definitely not helping the city where you live. Um, but I can understand the frustration and the, and why it gets to that point. You can only poke a snake in the... <clears throat> so long before the snake snaps at you. It's kind of, kind of how it is. Um, so there's that. And then there, you know, we just wrapped up the uh, RNC convention, the DNC convention. I ain't going to talk a lot on that i mean if you're if you're with trump you're gonna be with him i mean it doesn't matter he he pretty much said it himself he could shoot somebody in you know in the middle of the street and his followers are still following which he would say will and uh everybody that's against him pretty much against him there's a few people that are switching sides in each direction just because of you know some people see joe biden as kind of leading the people that are doing all the protesting and making the world City's unsafe, but I mean he's he's not. I mean they do probably tend to, to be Democrats, um, I'm sure. But uh, that's just uh, that's neither here nor there. It doesn't mean doesn't mean Biden wants people to go out and burn cars and shit. So that's stupid. But uh, you know, and then you got the Trumps. You know, you got the 17 year old kid in Kenosha. As a Trump supporter went in with an assault rifle and shot two people, and there's all kinds of controversy around that. But I mean, he was a Trump supporter, and a lot of his supporters think he should go free. A lot of them say it was self-defense. I mean, in my opinion, he was from Illinois. He's 17 years old, and his mother drove him to Wisconsin to walk up and down the streets with an assault rifle. So. To me, the whole, that's just stupid. I mean, he don't even live there, for one. For two, he's not even old enough to be thinking about none of this shit yet. I mean, at least give him another year or two. <clears throat> Once to have an assault rifle, he can enlist in the, the military in one year. But it's never been more divided right now, this country. It's, uh, it's nuts. I didn't realize it, you know, until... Uh, Pretty much until Trump got elected, how divided it was. I'd, I always thought I lived in a different country than I live in. I woke up when Trump got in, uh, elected and I'm like, oh, 
I guess half the people in this country want a different country than I do. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, I, I lean more towards Europe. People say, you want it to be like Europe? Are you crazy? Look at all the stuff that's going on there. Well, most of those countries in Europe are thousands of years old, and they're still there. <clears throat> we're, we're not even 300 years old, and we're barely still there. So say what you will about it but uh you know i still love america and want america to do the right things and eventually they will eventually it comes out you know the younger people get up there and uh, become politicians shit will change um one way or the other enough about that what do i have on my my other news today i have on the pro wrestling front i have to say rest in peace to bullet bob armstrong um, Bob Armstrong was a big time wrestler down in the South when I was a kid. He, uh, I saw him wrestle probably 50 to 100 times. He was a big name down in Georgia and Alabama and Florida. Uh, his kids are Road Dog and, um, Brad Armstrong. <clears throat> Road Dog works for the WWE. I did a show with him once. Um, but yeah, he was 80 years old and he was still wrestling. I think until, I think he wrestled a match and he was 77. But yeah, one of the best. Rest in peace, Bob Armstrong. Um, and then what else do we have going on? Oh, we have a. Uh, I think we already talked about uh, Pete Way, the bass player for the band UFO, passed away last week. Um, Bass player for UFO and wasted big time influence on bass players. He was one of those guys that went out and just took over the stage. Like usually the front people in bands are the singers, I mean vocalist or the guitarist. Very rare it's the bass player, but this guy was. Uh, check out some Pete Way if you ever get a chance. He was in a band Wasted in the eighties and uh, UFO being his biggest biggest thing going on. That's about it. Not gonna bore you with any trucking stories today. Um, I will be playing with the real Doug Lane uh, country band this. Uh, see this coming Saturday, September fifth, um, at Scores in Lehigh, Utah, and uh, Scores is like S C O U R Z E. We'll be playing for four hours, nine to one, long-ass night. I was originally supposed to play there the night before, September 4th, with my own band, and then we had a, I got booked with Doug Lane on a, at a, the Wasatch Mountain Music Festival, but then it, uh, that festival got canceled, so I couldn't get the, the gig back, but either way, um, and then we're playing at the Evanston Rodeo in Evanston, Wyoming, uh, September 7th on Labor Day. Any of you people out in Wyoming will listen to the show. Also check out Doug's music, uh, The Real Doug Lane. Uh, most recent record, uh, Water from the Stone. Good stuff. You'll find yourself singing along in no time. And uh, that's about it. So up next, going to listen to some music from Nick Johnson and uh, get right into the interview with Nick Johnson down on August 16th. And uh, if you definitely, definitely can't encourage you enough, 
download and stream some Nick Johnson guitar music because you're gonna not regret it. And it's uh, and definitely check it out on YouTube because, like I said, he's he's one of the best there is. Um, and that's about it. And so uh, our next up interview with Nick Johnson. I'm gonna play you out a little bit. What am I gonna play? I don't know. Whoops! I just smashed my guitar on my desk. Maybe I'll play some Pete Townsend. No, I won't do that. But here goes something. sugars or many other ailments? Mary says, my pain levels were near intolerable. My sugars were scary high and blood pressure was near stroke level and sleep was elusive. After one month, I'm experiencing healthier blood pressure and sugars. I'm sleeping close to eight hours a night and I'm thinking about being out in nature. Katie says, adding this to my daily routine is a game changer. It helps decrease my appetite, curb my cravings, and makes me feel fuller longer. James says, after nine surgeries on my back and neck due to military injuries, I had a lot of discomfort. The doctor prescribed recommendations that left me in a fog. I started the simple project and noticed a reduced amount of discomfort. I have been feeling better and reduced my use of what the doctor gave me. My name is Samantha Burrell. I work with a team of doctors, nurses, nutritionists, and trainers to aid people in better maintaining their health with hopes to be able to reduce the use of the pharmaceuticals through a whole food spectrum. I am always looking to help others take their lives back through better health. If you feel you are in good health, but would enjoy helping others maintain their health while getting paid for it, let's talk this week. I am a health and wellness coach, Samantha Burrell. 385-377-0981. This is Delirium by Nick Johnson.
All right, joining me on the podcast now is a uh, guitarist Nick Johnson. How are you doing? Pretty good, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks, man. I'm sorry I got uh, sidetracked earlier and uh, didn't get our normal time scheduled in, but we'll do it now. Um, where are you calling me from? Um, I'm calling you from my apartment in Orem, Utah. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew you were somewhere down that way. I, I wasn't exactly sure where. Yeah, um, yeah just uh, the first time I ever became aware of you, I, I was uh, I was actually a security guard at at the uh i don't know if you'd call me a security guard but down at the eccles theater and i was one of those guys that were just i stood on the side of the stage to make sure my nobody got on the stage and you were and you were playing with a gentry for the christmas thing Mm -hmm. yeah and i was like man this guy's this guy's good he's got to do stuff besides this and so i started (laughs) so i started following you and because they let you do a pretty good uh segment there like a little solo piece there it was pretty awesome but you still play with them guys at all or just i so the story um we worked with the same producer um in provo uh what's his name i can't think of it right now uh dave zimmerman okay at noise box studios and um yeah and they they were working with him and their their uh composer or whatever the guy that arranges all their music was looking for something new and so he, uh, Dave was like, check this guy out. And so then they hit me up and, uh, they, uh, I did two Christmas songs with them. And so, uh, Little Drummer Boy and, uh, I Saw Three Ships. And then, um, so they released that album, that Christmas compilation. And then, um, yeah, they, they have a, a big show at Eccles every Christmas time. And so they invite me out every year and, um, I've done one other song with them, I think. Um, it was, uh, shit, I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Um, uh, what was it? I fly, I fly away. I'll fly away. Oh, the old, the old, uh, old yeah. gospel song. Yeah. So I, I did a little arrangement of that and, um, it's on their hymns album, I believe. But yeah, we, I, I haven't done any work with them in like a year, but they're great guys. And yeah, I play with them whenever I can. Is that a is that Christmas thing going to go on this year or nobody knows yet? I I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I probably not. I'd I'd imagine. <laughs> I'll have to check out. Is that is that I fly uh, I'll fly away song already released? Yeah, it's it was released like last year, I think. Okay, I'll have to check that out. It's, I grew, it's super good, man. Yeah, I, I'm from, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I grew up in and playing guitar in Baptist churches and stuff, so that's I'm, yeah. I'm very familiar with that song. Yeah, yeah. They the their uh, their ranger. What is his name? Um, oh, I can't remember. Stephen. I don't remember his last name. His name's Stephen, but he's <laughs> a genius musician, man. And he he rearranged that song with their voices and the symphony, and it's phenomenal. Very cool. So, uh. Outside of that, I, I, you know, I started following you after that, and I was like, "Man, this dude's this guy's like the best guitarist in Utah for sure." <laughs> I, uh, I still think I still think you and Terrence Hansen are the are the two tops. Yeah, and Terrence is crazy. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I always look at it like this because you guys you, you do a different style. We'll get into that in a minute, but and uh, mm. you and uh, Terrence do things like you guys can play like normal guitar like I do, but 
Well, the rest yeah. of us, the rest of us, can't really do what you guys did. So yeah. I kind of put, I kind of so. put you guys on the top. Um, what do you, what do you call the style that you do? It has like a percussive type. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's heavily rooted in like mo- like fingerstyle, classic fingerstyle, you know. But um, it's more adapted to a more modern sound, I guess, with the percussion elements. Uh, modern modern fingerstyle is a term that's thrown around. Um, so yeah, I guess that's what it is. I guess. Okay, and you and you, uh, where did you where did you come up with that style? I mean, I I guess. I guess it had been done somewhere before, but maybe not on the, not a lot. Yeah. Um, like it's been done for since the eighties, at least, uh, Michael Hedges is a big guy that yeah, yeah, yeah. came out of it. And, um, um, Don Ross was in the eighties. Um, I didn't come around it until like 2006 YouTube came out and that's when I was super into guitar and I saw that percussive finger styles sound from like Andy McKee and Antoine Dufour. And it was just something I'd never seen before. And I was like, Whoa. And then I just kind of, I couldn't, my chops were nowhere near cause I was an electric player. Right. My whole life. And then I tried to learn their songs in like 2006 and I just couldn't do it. And I had to put in some time on the acoustic, but that's where the inspiration mainly came from. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't wrap my uh, my brain around it. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> but I've been I've been I've been playing like I, I'm a I play like smooth jazz. I play like Larry Carlton style jazz. So it's, yeah, it's not, yeah. I would and I had and being 52 years old, I don't know if I want to put the time in now. To... Hey man, I suck at jazz. So. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of guys. This is my this is this will be like my 53rd episode of this show. It, it's it's mm-hmm. actually growing. It's going. You know, I got like 16 countries, like 3,000 common listeners now. So, but, nice. but a couple of the guys that I've interviewed, I interviewed a guy named Scott Bravo out of New York, and a guy named John McLaren out of Nova Scotia. They both. Scott's were, my boy, man. Yeah, they were both really familiar with you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he said you guys were friends. You met at Nam or something, maybe, or I, I can't. Yeah, recall. Nam in Nashville, like six years ago or something. But he was the only other dude with a beer at like eleven a.m. So we we became friends. <laughs> yeah, he's a uh, he did he was on show maybe ten episodes ago. But uh, there's another guy named John McLaren. I before his before Scott's episode, he's he's out of Nova Scotia that does your style. He was really familiar with you, but he he didn't know you oh, or yeah. anything. But he. Uh, he's a he's a good he's a he's kind of kind of not copying you but taking inspiration from you <laughs> so. oh yeah yeah no, i've taken a lot of inspiration <laughs> from other people <laughs> now were you classically trained before that like in college guitar and stuff like that or uh no i i started into college with guitar and then just kind of I ended up dropping out to join a punk band and hit the road, <laughs> which, which was not the greatest idea looking back. But um, no, I, I studied classical music, but more just on my own, more just like technique wise and uh, more for like accuracy and correct posture, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I had a, a really good teacher in high school named Jamie Glazier. You might be familiar with him. Same yeah, he played with like Chick Corea and Anderson Pawnee, and he's a crazy jazz fusion guy. He lives in Utah now, but um, yeah, he showed me like how to 
be a good guitar player, you know? Kind of showed me what it takes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did. But no. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, but no, like, formal training for very long. I'd always tap out. <laughs> I did the same thing. When I, well, I went to GIT and took, and my teacher was Jimmy Herring, the guy that plays for Watch yeah. Red Panic. And uh, I'd, I'd learned more in three months. I ended up going to music school to be uh, for music theory or, or uh, music education. I did the same thing like two years into it. I just couldn't handle it anymore and <laughs> dropped out. Yeah, but, uh, it turns into work really fast. Yeah, and I realized I'd learned more in three months going to GIT than I'd learned those whole two years in, in oh, regular, yeah. regular college. So. Um, that's how it works, but uh, so what? How did this? Uh, how did the virus screw your whole world up, like everyone else's? What'd you have going on? Oh man, I was so the end of last year, November. I spent the whole month on tour. I uh, started on the west coast of the U.S. and then I went to China after that for like two and a half weeks, and yeah, I was, I'd finally gotten to touring full time. I quit my job and uh yeah so I went most of the winter just like playing gigs and then I went on another tour in January and then the corona hit and everything was just wiped like everything gone all every show is canceled so I had to go back to work which isn't isn't the worst I'm, I'm lucky to have a job so I've just been working working on new music you know and focusing on what I can now, do you, are you doing any kind of? I don't recall seeing you do any Facebook lives or anything. Were you doing any of that kind of stuff? Or uh, yeah, I, I've done a few uh, during the quarantine. When the quarantine first hit, I, I jumped on it and did a few. Um, I don't know. I think they're they're cool. I, I think they're kind of burned out now. Like people are doing them almost too much. You know. Yeah. So I'm kind of taking a step back from that. Yeah, I was doing one every Sunday, but my my stuff's not the what I do. You don't really have to sit there and watch it. Like I just do smooth jazz, yeah. so people like pull it up and then just drop the window and go into something else while they're listening. But yeah, but I basically stopped doing it too. But uh, yeah, it's kind of weird not having the crowd there. But yeah, what do you do with your hands after the song is done? <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i was i was lucky in that aspect because i was like i said i'm 52 years old but about three years ago i, I decided i'm I'm tired of i'm tired of just trying to I've, I've made a living just with music for a year like 10 years or so and i was just tired of uh-huh. hustling all the time and you know struggling all the time and i just said screw it i'm gonna go i'm gonna semi-retire and i went and became a truck driver and then that was probably the best thing i ever did because when the virus hit i lost my guitar class and seven or eight gigs, but truck driving like picked up big time, and I yeah, I, I there you I, go. I didn't I didn't lose too much uh, money, but yeah, definitely lost all my gigs too. But I don't I don't book that many. I book maybe one gig a month now. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to book tours and stuff at the time, and then it was like nothing, just dead. But. Now, are you uh, are you originally from Utah? Yeah, I was born in, uh, I was actually born in Orem. Uh, I grew up in Lehigh. Now I'm back in Orem. I've lived in Ogden and Salt Lake and <laughs> but yeah. I'm back here just working. Yeah, I'm up, I'm up in North Ogden uh, now, but yeah, I've lived all around, but I've, uh, I moved here probably 15 years ago, something like that. Um, yeah, from Georgia, you said? Yeah, from Atlanta. Um, nice. but, uh, 
Yeah, I've noticed there's it's, it's a different scene here. I noticed the biggest two differences I've noticed because I lived in Nashville too, and I lived in New Orleans for a bit, but uh. I went to school in South Carolina, but the scene here is like everybody's in five bands, and that's the biggest. And uh, it wasn't that way in any of the places I was at before. <laughs> it's probably that way in, Na- in Nashville. It's probably that way now, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. For me, like I think that's the thing that made me play like fingerstyle guitar solo because I was I I could never find anybody that wanted to be in a band seriously. You know, it was always like, oh, we're going to do it for fun. And I'm like, no, dude, I want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, maybe it was me taking it too seriously, but being solo, I could just go at my own pace, you know? Yeah, and I know in Atlanta it was more like a gang mentality. Like you were in one band, and that was it. If you were, if you went, yeah. if you went and played with another band, man, you were, you know, you were in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I like that mentality better. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the thing where everybody's in five bands. I see why they do it because they can't make a living just in one band. So they think, yeah, for know, sure. But I, I think it takes out. Like so, you know, they they don't really have their own sound as guitarists. I find like like somebody like you that has their own sound, and somebody like Terrence, you can't. If you played in five bands, it would still just be almost. It'd be like just seeing you. You know, it'd be just like your band yeah. every time. So I always tell people, mm-hmm. like, I always compare them to like Santana. Like, what if Carlos Santana lived here and he was in five bands? It'd still be just seeing yeah, the same band <laughs> yeah, every time. So that's kind of what why I don't yeah. like. And the other thing I notice is that is the bar is the way they book stuff. They don't uh. You don't ever know what's going to be there. Like one night it'll be a country band, the next night it's a punk rock band, and then nobody really knows. And, uh, yeah, man, it's it's yeah. The whole the Salt Lake City scene's a thing I've tried to figure out for years, and it's like I don't even know, man. I've given it my all to like try to build a scene, and it's like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. It's a weird weird scene, man. I never was. They never really let me in. <laughs> the jazz guy, the jazz guys won't let me in because I don't play traditional jazz. I play smooth yeah, jazz. Yeah. There's no gigs. <laughs> There's no real gigs anyway. And then um, I, I play up in Park City and stuff. And I get I get country gigs. I don't really get much else outside of that anymore. I'd, being from Georgia, I can play the authentic chicken picking country stuff. So I get the, <laughs> yeah, I get those gigs. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, I, I had to start, I had to stop, like, playing the bars in Salt Lake and stuff just because, I don't know, the money's not there, like, playing to the same crowd all the time, you know, and I, I had to start taking breaks and, like, book my own ticketed gigs at venues I would book, you know, and that's the only way I could make any money. Yeah, that's a better way to, way of doing it, and a lot of times, you know, the bars are just going to book people they know, and then... Other bands will come in and undercut your price, and you end up with less less talented bands playing at the clubs. And yeah, I've seen it happen before in different cities where the scene just gets trashed like that. Yeah. But uh, let's um, are you do you got you got any plans on like ever leaving here? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I I have a daughter here, so it's kind of like I like to stay around Utah. Um, I've thought about it. <laughs> I've thought about it for sure, but I don't know. Most of my like music and stuff is revolves around being online. Right. So it's like maybe being in LA or Nashville like might not even help me all that much, you know. But I don't know. 
I'm pretty happy here, though. It might. I, I kind of talked to Terrence about that. I always felt like Terrence would be you'd be seeing Terrence on Jimmy Fallon's show and stuff. He would have ever left. Um, yeah, right. Because the way it is, like in Nashville, you may go into like an open mic or, or some kind of open jam, and there's just going to be like 20 guys like me there that anybody can do it. And then, but if you or somebody like you and Terrence gets up, it's all of a sudden different story. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, <laughs> but so how, how many uh, how many releases have you have all, all together now? So I have three um, that are mine, my personal albums. Um, the first one is an EP. It's pretty garbage. Um, it, <laughs> it was my first attempt, you know. Um, the second one, Diversion, was in uh, 2017. That one. That's where I really started figuring out like how to write songs and stuff and really put in the work to try to be good. And then um, my newest one's Vice of Choice that came out in 2019. And that one's really cool. Um, I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, yeah, I flew to Montreal to record with uh, Antoine Dufour. Oh. Like I said, he's one of my inspirations. That's and cool. um, and so, yeah, he we recorded that album and he made it sound amazing. How'd you how'd you like it up there in Montreal? Did you learn learn some French? <laughs> Not a word. I didn't learn anything. I just <laughs> I, I learned how to point at menus and <laughs> yeah. like, use hand signals. But yeah, they don't speak much English there. No, they don't. But it's a cool city. Um, yeah, it's super pretty. It's cool. Have you been doing a lot of writing and stuff now since you've kind of been off off the yeah, grid? Yeah, trying to. It's it's. I mean, I have a whole new album written, like, it's pretty much done. Um, done a couple of covers and stuff that are probably going to come out, but it's, I don't know, man. I guess that's one thing that the, the virus has messed with, like, writing is, it's been hard to do. I don't know why. Like, it's just hard to find the drive anymore. Like, it's hard to stay motivated when there's, like, nothing going on, you know? Yeah, maybe the the songs might come out negative, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, so, right. Just pissed off songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird. With, it's weird with me. I've got twenty six albums out on iTunes and stuff, but I haven't. I used to be a really prolific writer, and like three three years, I haven't written a song in three years. <laughs> before wow. that, before that, I'd written like two thousand or something. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah. I don't know what comes happened. and goes. I guess. Yeah, I think it might just be gone with me. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I went, I've never went three years before. Yeah, didn't you? Well, didn't, at least you got the back catalog. Yeah, but like you, you said you didn't like your first one. I don't like my first twenty, probably. <laughs> it's like I still have people that like that album and, or, and buy it online, and I'm just like, God damn it, like why? You that, know, but that's the weirdest. That's how it goes. That's the weirdest thing out of all 26 of mine I have released. My first one gets downloaded way more than all the other ones put together, and I recorded it on a piece of crap celebrity ovation guitar. It's an instrumental acoustic thing for uh, yeah. for two hundred dollars at my. Uh, girlfriend had given me for my birthday and it's, and it's still it's still the one that everybody seems to like you never know man that's the thing i've learned like how to just writing is so weird it's such a mental roller coaster because you're like this is the best song on the album and then that's the one that's listened to the least and it's yeah. like oh it's so weird man 
Yeah, you never you never really know. I, guess, I mean, it just has to... I was trying to tell a young guy that the other day, this young shredder kid that I know that he just shreds all the time. He's great, but I used to, I told him, I said, man, if, you're, if your guitar playing doesn't make somebody feel something, then you got to go back <laughs> and reevaluate. Yeah, it's true, man. Like, I, I, when I first started into fingerstyle stuff, like, I was really into metal and really into, like, technical metal. And, like, the more technical it was, the better it was, you know? I yeah. kind of had that mentality. And, yeah, I don't know. You learn pretty quick that that stuff rarely connects with somebody, you know? Yeah, I was the and, same way. I was into all that stuff, too. I started looking at it as if I was singing. Like, if I, if I was a singer and, and I went out and approached it that way, it would just be mm -hmm. like I was yelling at somebody for 30 minutes. Right. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I started. Well, and like I don't know, I had to. I had to really look at like what music I liked. You know, like when I was eighteen or whatever, I liked that technical stuff. But when I was like twenty one, twenty two, it's like, oh no, I just like good songs. You know, yeah. like stuff that gets caught in my head, stuck in my head, and good melodies. And then that's when it all kind of turned around. Yeah, and I saw, you know, most people aren't, you know, the people that aren't musicians, they just want to tap their foot and drive down the road. They don't want to have to think, yeah. think about it too much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Get a groove going, and that's pretty much all you need. Yeah, but your 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 music's kind of a lot visual too. I feel like some. I feel like it's a it's better if you're like seeing it, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a, a visual aspect for sure, which is good. I mean. I I don't know. I had to kind of. I guess that's one thing the bars taught me is like how to how to perform a show. You know, yeah. Like make it visually stimulating for an audience and sonically. So I, I don't know. I try to have a little of both. Now, when you didn't you used to play in a metal band? It seems like I recall that. Yeah, I played in a bunch of metal bands. I still am in a, in a band, uh, called scam of the century, but that's just more for fun, just for the, the boys to hang out once a week, you know? Um, I played in a, a punk band called S three X that's, we toured in that band, but I quit shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when did you first start playing? Were you real young or? I was 12 when I first started. My my dad, he played acoustic singer-songwriter stuff um, all when I was growing up, and he always wanted me to play, but I was, like, so rebellious that learning guitar, was I wasn't going to do it just because he wanted me to, you know? Yeah. I'm, and then... <laughs> I'm, I'm going through that now with my my kids, <laughs> 11 and 13. Yeah. They won't do yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah, I turned 12, and one of my best friends, he's he had a guitar and he started learning Metallica riffs and I was like, dude, I got to do that. And so that's when it all started. Did you find that you had a really good ear? I mean, you obviously do, but did you, did you find that pretty, did you got, got onto it pretty quick? Dude, no. Like, well, no, my ear was horrible. <laughs> it was, yeah. I had to actually like put in ear training to get it. I don't know, maybe it was naturally good, but looking back, I'm like, oh, God, you know, I, I don't know. But I've had to put in some, like, serious time with ear training. Yeah, that's the same thing with me. I, mine was horrible, and I don't even know if it's still, 
<laughs> up to par now. But that's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what drove no, me. Mine's into, not compared to most. That's but. what drove me into songwriting because in, in Atlanta, I had all these friends that could like play these Randy Rhodes solos, note for note, and I was like, mm-hmm. man, I can't figure out any of this shit. <laughs> and, yeah. like, and back then, there was no tabs or no YouTube, no nothing. Yeah, so said, go to the show and yeah. see him play it. That's about it. Yeah, like we we when Van Halen came out, we didn't even know what he was doing. Like we could we had, <laughs> had no visual way to see it. We just he had no way to know what he was doing but I, uh, I I I had a glimpse of that like I started going to shows right before YouTube and I remember going to shows and like looking at what the guitarist was doing and trying to figure it out you know but yeah you guys had a had it rough <laughs> yeah and I what I did is I just said well none of these guys can all these guys playing note for note none of them can write a song so what I would do is I just yeah. I just learn a piece of the song or look at the chords and then I would just rearrange them and change them all around and change the tempos and write write songs. Yeah. And pretty soon I was uh I was just known for that. But um yeah, kids got it kids got it made now because they can just kind of figure it out on YouTube. But but then again it's you can see like eight year old kids playing eruption and stuff. <laughs> On yeah. YouTube, so it doesn't seem like There's it's a big of a deal. Too, though. I don't know. I was I was kind of a product of YouTube as well, and like I thought I was good, but like you said, I couldn't write a song. I didn't know how to write a song. I didn't know how to write what I was feeling. You know, like there's a whole aspect that's missing when you're just like tab learned. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I, I know when I was first learning, like we didn't even we couldn't even fathom that we would ever be able to play Eruption or or, or even a Jimi Hendrix song outside of Purple Haze. Oh yeah. And now you yeah. see now little kids are doing it. <laughs> like Yeah. It's, it's weird. Um, Dude, I see kids now playing my songs and I'm like, Jesus, some of them are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you I don't know, man, you're uh, but you're you're paving away. No, I was reading you. You won, didn't you? Win the like a thing in Wyoming where, you're, like, they do a finger style thing. Yeah, there's there's a, quite a few finger style competitions around the country. Um, I've, the Wyoming one, I've won it twice in uh, twenty. Let's see, twenty. Hold on, I guess I won it in twenty nineteen and twenty sixteen. That's crazy, and man. Then, yeah, it was, it's really cool. That one's that's a great competition. Um, Utah has one as well, and I've never won that one, which is kind of weird. That's every crazy. year, <laughs> every uh-huh. year it's like he sh- probably should have won, but they always like give me it. some kind of technicality. <laughs> who, who won? I want to see who won. <laughs> Who's that guy? You. So last last year, <laughs> I'll, I'll just give you one example. Um, yeah. Some guy played, I don't even remember. Oh, he played Autumn Leaves. And all he did was play Autumn Leaves, like the chords. And it wasn't even fingerstyle. <laughs> like, really? He won. <laughs> and the whole crowd was pissed that I didn't win. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been through that kind of stuff before. I was at a blues, a blues thing one time where it was a competition a long time ago at a Guitar Center. And this little like nine year old kid comes in. He's playing like all out of key blues solos, and then he just starts sh- shredding in the middle of it, and and he yeah. and he wins the thing. And turns out like one of the judges wanted to start like was his guitar teacher, and it's just yeah. that, kind of that kind of shit always happens. Yeah, it's a lesson hard learned, but it's it happens. 
can't, can't take competitions too seriously, really. I've seen some of those flat picking competitions, and man, those things are crazy too. I can't. That's another style I don't. I don't do, but. Oh, dude, that's an, my claim to fame. I got second place in the flat picking competition in Wyoming. <laughs> that's 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 hard. That's when you like just hold the pick completely flat, right? And just yeah, it's just it's kind of like a just a bluegrass way of picking. Like they use like open notes and stuff, and yeah, I didn't really know what I was doing, but they were like they only had like five contestants, and they were like. Hey, if you enter and get third, you get like a hundred bucks. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'll, <laughs> I'll give it my all." So I had my buddy go up there, and uh, I was like, "Dude, just play this chord progression." And I just like tried to flat pick over the top of it, and I got second place. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed a lot of those guys play with like three fingers holding the pick, and it's just completely flat. And I'm not—I I put a little bit of a slant to the pick when I play with it. I just couldn't. Yeah, couldn't definitely. Do I do a lot of bluegrass, but I'm mainly a mandolin player when I play bluegrass for some reason. I don't, um, like, I don't like playing the, the shredder in you. <laughs> it might be. I don't ever, I don't really ever hear any kind of bluegrass around here that I, like I grew up with though in the South. So. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it's not, I haven't gotten into it. I've been out to Kansas a couple times for the Walnut Valley Festival. And yeah. yeah, those guys, they can play, man. It's a great time just walking around watching bluegrass bands that are obviously straight off the farm, you know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you'd get I'd get a lot of that when I in Tennessee and stuff where my where my where my uh, brother lives and stuff. And there's a lot of people you wouldn't you'd never hear of. They just play on the back porch and they're killing. Yeah, them. right. <laughs> yeah. Um so are you a Mainly from do you ever like overdub any of your stuff, or you just do it all on one like one track? Or yeah, it's all it's all one track. Um, I think there was one song I overdubbed a little bit on Diversion, and it was just to like emphasize the chords that I was tapping. But um, yeah, no, it's it's all one track. Yeah, that's what's crazy about the way you play. You don't really need. I mean, it's like a whole band right there on the guitar, and it's, it's, uh, yeah. Like so a, that's kind of the the idea is to make it sound as much like a rock band as I can. You know, <laughs> that's what screwed me because I made a lot of instrumental guitar albums and and I but I overdubbed them all because that's the only way I could do it, and then I couldn't do it live. <laughs> they didn't even have loop pedals yeah. back then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, I don't know. Some people do, some people don't. I don't know. That's when I started learning that, that was kind of the idea. It was like, let's try to do it all at once. You know, that's what makes it difficult, I guess. Well, my kind of kept you a while, but just a couple more things. I, I've got a lot of oh, you're good, man. a lot of listeners uh, write into me, especially the ones like in the Philippines and Australia and stuff. They're always writing in asking me, making sure that I ask people like what guitars they play and stuff. They're like into the yeah. the gear stuff. So, what what do you? What's your uh, who makes your guitars that you your favorite ones you play? My my go tos. Um so my main guitar right now is my my black top one you might have seen. Um I've seen uh, it. it's yeah, it's a Adirondack spruce top with Indian rosewood back and sides. Um it's a longer scale length. Uh, it's Martin Standard, which is like twenty four twenty five point seven five, I believe. Um and it's made by Steven Strom. He's a boutique builder in Santa Cruz, California. And, um, yeah, a couple of years ago, he hit me up and he and I, we look like brothers. He has a red beard and red hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm he's seeing like, him. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so he's like, dude, I got to build you a guitar because we're like brothers. And so, <laughs> yeah, he built me that one. It's all to my specs and everything, and it's it's amazing. Like, I started writing in lower tunings, and that, that longer scale length just beefed it up. Like, that's why my new album sounds so good, because of that guitar, honestly. But, um, so that one, that's my go-to. My other one is my first guitar. They're out of the Czech Republic. Um, they're more of a, an actual company, but more in Europe. Um, it's a cedar top, Indian rosewood back and sides, a little shorter scale length. But um, yeah, that, that one I've had for like probably seven years now, and it's phenomenal. It's the only guitar I've never cracked, and it sounds amazing. <laughs> How do you crack them? Just, <laughs> just. Uh, usually, where I hit my kick drum sound is on the top, oh, like right you. above the sound hole. Yeah, it all spruce tops always crack right there for me. <laughs> now I was gonna. You kind of uh, answered this probably a little bit already. But I was gonna ask you to, if you played in a lot of open tunings or like lower tunings. Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely on the new album. Like I keep going lower and lower. It seems like. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's I don't I don't go too crazy. Usually it's like half step down, drop D, um, drop C sharp. Um, I use variations of dad gat. Yeah. Like C sharp dad gat. Um, a few wonky ones. Like I I use the dad dad D A D D A D. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote I wrote a song for my daughter with that one. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I thought sense. it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, what else? I don't know. The weirdest one I use is like a polychord. It's like C sharp, G sharp, E, um, F sharp, B, D sharp. That one's okay, kind of weird. weird with the yeah. chord shape. That is a weird one. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever, really cool. do you ever play an open C six? Um, where's the six on that? C G C. Uh, C is so you would be with an A C G A. Okay, yeah, I haven't used that one. Yeah, I got that one's a pretty cool one. I always ask people that when they because that's the one I use a lot, and then I got I actually got it from. I had learned. Uh, I was trying to figure out a Brandy R from a uh, Jimmy Page, <clears throat> and I had figured it out in regular tuning. But then I learned years later. I didn't even know anything about open tunings when I figured it out. <laughs> And then I learned years later he was in C six doing it. Yeah, like, no figure. So I so I so I did that, and uh, it was it's a crazy tuning. You should check it out. It's a uh, because you can get these like Egyptian kind of Moroccan type sounds, but you can get like Delta blues sounds out of it too. It's, huh. it's yeah, that's cool. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got the low C and then the uh, yeah C G A. But uh, you'd probably probably like that one. Just check it yeah, out. Yeah, I'll have to try it out. Yeah, I used uh, uh, open C sharp major for some stupid reason. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just tune to a tuning I've never used before, and just just to kind of clear the palette, you know, and like just see what comes out. Yeah, I did, I did. Funny thing about that, I did that about I was I was on a record label out of Nashville years ago, and they and I wanted out of it because they were just screwing me over and and releasing stuff, yeah. releasing my like scratch tracks and stuff without telling me so they said you gotta you gotta record one more album or you're not getting out of this so i just i said okay i'll do it i just went into the i went into the studio with a guitar 
And I think I just got really stoned before I went in. And I just, it was called Experiments and Open Tunings. I, would, I just tuned it to a different open tuning and just made shit up on the top of my head. And they, they loved it. They released it. Like, this is great That's stuff. I don't even remember how to play any song on it or what tuning I was in any, on any point of it. But, That's uh, hilarious, it's man. A, it's, a, it's out there floating around somewhere. I'll keep that in mind for my next <laughs> release that I don't give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, that's the only way to get out of that record deal. It's just, it just but sucked because they liked it. <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, no. So that's uh, yeah. I was going to ask you about the tunings and all that. So uh, you don't have any plans on uh, playing with orchestras or any just kind of keep it solo? Yeah, I mean, for now, um, I'm I'm pretty content just writing my own stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I like playing in bands and stuff, but I don't know. I like being solo. Band drama, I always, I can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, somebody's always going to get a girlfriend that don't like them. Don't yeah, exactly. You seem like you'd be doing, you'd do really well in Europe, man. I think you should, hopefully you can get over there. Yeah, hopefully, man. There there was talks of going all over the place this year, but staying in utah it looks like for a little bit <laughs> i've got a, i've got a good bit of listeners over like in ireland and uh uk and france and stuff uh that listen to this show all the time so hopefully they'll right. they'll dive into your catalog what uh where can ever where can everybody find all your all your stuff i'm sure it's on spotify and all that yeah yeah it's on spotify just under nick johnson um there's a bunch of nick johnson's but you'll you'll probably find it <laughs> um i have it, it uh youtube um yeah nick johnson acoustic you can search that um i have albums for sale at nickjohnsonacoustic.com uh tabs for sale for all my songs that are released on candy right records um yeah i think that's it facebook instagram at nick redshred um yeah i think that's about it i'm on tiktok now <laughs> <laughs> my wife told me she'd leave me if i got on there dude <laughs> yeah don't don't let the woman know you're looking at that but <laughs> i haven't done it it's yet it's been going surprisingly well for me though like people seem to dig the videos i post so that's that's another outlet for fans so it's good yeah and i was just going to tell everybody out there if you if you go when you're going to for nick johnson you'll you'll you can't miss this guy he's got like a two-foot long red beard yeah yeah you'll know it's me <laughs> and it and it'll be the he'll be definitely the best the best guitarist you see named nick johnson i had to do the same thing under my name there's a million jeff lawrence's and there's like the there's a famous comedian in new york named jeff lawrence and there's like the president yeah. of ibm and i had to switch mine to just use my initials to js lawrence that's how i released my last four or five cds so yeah that's, and it's i know i, I my, I've always been like, I should have just changed my camp name, but <laughs> there's no like straight Nick Johnson's. There's like one that's like a studio guitarist, but yeah. there's a Nick Johnston with a T. Oh, okay. And he's, he's amazing. He's a great, phenomenal guitar player. He's blowing up. And, um, I had to end up going to one of his shows because, um, on Facebook and like Instagram and stuff, his, his sponsors kept tagging me in all their posts. And I was like, "Oh shit, that's not good." <laughs> and so I went to I went to his show, and I was like, "Hey man, just I want to clear it up. Like, it's, hopefully it's not a problem." And he's like, "Oh no, it's cool." So, 
Oh, that's cool, that's man. Right. Well, man, I uh, appreciate you calling in. I uh, I know it got a little screwy today, and I appreciate you working around the schedule. And uh, hope for hope for you're staying safe and your daughter's good and everything is good. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna be all right. <laughs> yeah, well, with talent like yours, it's gonna it's always gonna be out there. Um, I'd like to have you on it, you know, again, when you, uh, get a, get a new tour schedule and get your new next record out and all that, maybe you can come back on and yeah, man, let's do it. Anything you want to, anything you want to push or anything before we wrap up? Like I said, this goes out to 16 countries right now. (laughs) (laughs) Go check out the music, have fun playing music. Just, I don't know, man, just enjoy it. (laughs) And don't be intimidated by watching Nick play because you can. You can still play without having to having to do it that way. <laughs> nah, you can you can probably make more money playing three chords, anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, I I can't thank you enough for calling in, and I I really appreciate it. And I'll uh, oh, of course, man. Thanks for having me. Yep, and I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks, bye. See you later.
featuring the booming sounds of Johnson, how about Nick Johnson, man? I listen to the songs that I put on the show today. Crazy. <clears throat> Sounds like a bass player, a drummer, and two guitar players playing. But it's just Nick and one guitar. Crazy. I don't know how he does it. Don't know how he does it. I never will figure out how to do it. It takes a lot of work and that one particular style to get that down. And very few people do. We had uh, Scott Danger Bravo on... Uh, a while back, and he, he does that style a bit, and uh, um, John McLaren had him on up from uh, Nova Scotia there, and uh, he does it. Um, I was never able to, I never really pursued that style, I don't even understand it, I don't think I can do it. I'm not one of those guys that can separate the brain too well, that's why I started off playing the drums and just couldn't really, you know, I could play the drums, I can play several different beats and stuff, but I just couldn't separate things enough. Same with piano, I could play the piano, I know how to play the piano, I know how to write the music for it, but I can't separate the two hands that well, so... Uh, most of my acoustic stuff, you just hear the, uh, you know, I usually overdub and do another guitar on top of a guitar. Sometimes ten guitars on top of each other. <clears throat> That's my music in the background now called uh, for, after, for When I'm Gone. For After I'm, after I'm Gone. For After I'm Gone. I forgot the name of my own song. But yeah, I'm, you know, like I'm dubbing that one. But <clears throat> enough about me. Um, definitely get a, check out all Nick Johnson stuff. And I wanted to do a, you know, I wanted to quickly mention that the people that, the music I play on the show, the artists never tell me what songs to play. Occasionally they will. Occasionally they'll send me two links and then I'll play them. Some of them don't have as much music as others, but most of them they just, they don't really know. Either they don't even know I'm going to play a song or they just don't tell me which one. So I, you know, I pick whatever songs that I want to play on the show from the artist that's on the show that day. Um, now with Nick's, I just went on there, uh, Spotify, and I, one of them I picked because it had like f- almost 40,000 streams, it was a little more than some of the other ones, so I, was, I picked that one, which was a Delirium, I believe, and then the, uh, the other one just connected with me, uh, the one about his daughter uh, just kind of connected with me on that one because I you know I have a daughter myself Nick has a daughter I have a daughter and uh it's kind of sometimes I just put I just play the music the song that uh I have the you know connects to me on a musical level makes me feel something sometimes I just play the ones that get the most streams um either way you're not gonna find a bad Nick Johnson song they're all great 
all great. And uh, which leads me to the outro music um, of this show is another one by Robert Bond Polly, my old friend from Georgia. Um, now, I know these are supposed to be improvs, outros, but this one's not. It's just, just a song he recorded. Uh, he does all his own recording. He, uh, I'm pretty sure he does the vocals, guitar, bass, and drums, I, I think. Um I don't even know what the name of the song is. He sends me the songs, and I, sometimes he doesn't tell me the name, but I think it's so far down. But like I said, they're supposed to be improvs, but uh, Robert's kind of a perfectionist-type guy. He doesn't like to, you know, he'll play something that's an improv that blows everybody else away, and then he'll think it sounds like shit. <laughs> and then he'll perfect something and, uh, and send it in. Um, but uh, probably going to be playing a lot of Robert Polly uh, outro musics Musics, is that a word? Um, on some upcoming shows, because I've got probably five or six of his now that I'm going to be using. Um, I definitely hope other people start sending them in, too. Um, I know I've reached out to a couple of people, T.C. Smith or Tommy Smith. He hasn't sent me anything yet. He's kind of the same way as Robert. He'll, send, he'll play something great and then think it's not good and not send it to me, or they think it's doesn't sound great over the phone, you know, they record, most people just, you know, record it over the iPhone, doesn't sound as bad as they think once I run it through my speakers and stuff, um, doesn't, you know, it's not ideal, but, you know, this is a podcast, it's an interview show, and an improv's an improv, so, anybody wanting to reach out and send me anything, just, uh, best thing to do is go on, uh, go on to Facebook and go to Western sorry southern man western town podcast i have a page on facebook for the for that you can like and then you can send me a message on there or or just find me at jeff s lawrence um on facebook and just send it as a as an instant message um it's better not to send them to my voicemail you know most of you don't have my phone number anyway but it just doesn't seem to come out i don't know why i can't I can't, uh, the audio doesn't work on that for some reason. Um, can't send them through, through an email, uh, at, uh, lawrencejeff1968 at gmail.com. That's also where you can PayPal me to help support the show. You can also support the show through Venmo, uh, slash jeff-lawrence-48. Um, we'd appreciate some support, hey, even if you just pledge a dollar a month would greatly help. I'm bringing you a lot of content, a lot of artists you've never heard of, a lot of artists you have heard of. Um, but like, you know, take Nick Johnson and Robert Polly for instance, on the show today. You know, I've got listeners in, like I said, in Russia, Germany, Philippines. They may not have got a chance to, to hear the music, so I'll turn them on to it, and then they'll go to Spotify, and they'll stream the songs, and then you got a new fan in a different country. That's the goal of the show. That's the whole reason I'm doing this. And uh, I definitely go uh, to Spotify and uh, iTunes. Anywhere you listen to music, look up Nick Johnson. Uh, Nick Johnson Red Shred. Shred. Um, it's where you can find all his stuff on YouTube and Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Find all the, he's got a you know a website he talks about on the interview. Um you can uh, find out where he's playing at. The gig should be opening up soon, hopefully. Um, you can find Robert Bon Polly uh, music on Spotify and uh, some other places too. Just 
look him up on uh, Facebook, Robert Polly. Uh, I believe he's on Instagram too. Um, he's got tons of music out there too. You know, you guys, will, uh, you guys all like more on the metal vein, not not the same kind of music that Nick has out. Um, you want to listen to Doug Stone? Go to you know, not Doug Stone, Doug fucking Stone, Doug Lane. You want to listen to the real Doug Lane, who I'm playing guitar with now? Just go to you know all his stuff. Just type in the real Doug Lane, uh, latest album Water from the Stone. I did not play on that album, but it's got some great guitar playing on that album. And it's not the twangy country. If you don't, you're not into country. You don't want to hear the twang. It's not that. If you don't like the bro country, the hip hop. As they say, uh, it's not that either. Kind of along the lines of, I don't know, it's got a kind of a clean voice, kind of, it's almost like James Taylor meets George Strait, I'd say. Um, if you want to hear any of my music, just go to, uh, just look up J.S. Lawrence, or Jeff Lawrence, or Jeff Lawrence and Warhorse, or the Jeff Lawrence Group. All those things are on, uh, iTunes, Spotify, and all that stuff. Um, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is uh, Jeff Lawrence Lessons. I've got some guitar lessons on there and some improvs and some shots from bar band stuff. Um, you can go to my website, thejslawrence.com, to get most of my musical dates, uh, gigs, and whatnot. Um, you can stream songs on there, but you can't download them, so it's probably better to go over to um, Spotify or iTunes or something to download my music. Um, got a lot of it out there, a lot of different styles. Um, what else? You can find me at uh, Jeff S. Lawrence 1 on Twitter if you want to argue with me about politics. You can go to, like I said, on Facebook, find Southern Man, Western Town, um, or Jeff S. Lawrence. Or uh, that's Facebook. And then you Instagram, J Law Music Man. J, uh, J Law Music Man, yeah, on Instagram. Um, and that's about it for the show today. I want to thank uh, Nick Johnson for I've been trying to have him on for a while. He's a busy guy. I got him. Uh, a lot of these people probably wouldn't have time to do the interviews with me on the shows, uh, but because of uh, COVID, they're not as active as as they normally would be. So I've been getting been able to nail down some good uh, interviews. But thanks to Nick Johnson uh, for doing that. Thanks to Robert Polly for sending in the outro music. Um, and thank all of you from all over, all 19 countries listening to the show um, for tuning in to Southern Man, Western Town. This has been uh, your host, Jeff Lawrence, signing off so long from the Beehive State in the high desert. I'll talk to you on the next show. You guys love each other. Don't burn anything down. And, uh, do some good in the world, people.
Thank mm-hmm. you.